Today on our show, Nikki and Wrench drive a truck, Varga eats ice cream, and Winnie and Gloria give us all the feels. Hang on to your stussies, kids. We're talking about Fargo, Season 3, Episode 9, Aporia, with special guest Olivia Sandoval. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh. oh, it's been a little while since we opened with a the theme. Ooh, real upper. This theme. <laughs> yeah. We usually start off every show with an upper like this. This is great. <laughs> nice, nice and somber. We're gonna we're gonna pull it together. Thank you for joining us again for the ABTV Fargo After Show. I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael, and with me, as always, are. I'm Dave Child. You can find me at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com. Oh, so exciting. I'm Tara Erickson. You guys can find me on YouTube.com backslash Tara Erickson and Twitter at the Tara Erickson. And ooh, we got a special guest. Hey, hey. Hi, hey. <laughs> Olivia, introduce yourself. I'm Olivia Sandoval. I play Winnie Lopez on Fargo. And uh, I'm not as cool on social media as you guys. I don't have all those things to just say. But just Sando here on Twitter, if I want yeah. to plug that. Is that something yes. I should yes. do? Okay, okay. Just Sando here on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm learning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, thank you. We are so excited that you are here. So happy to be here. We, uh, If you are watching in the chat, hello to everybody. Please follow along in the conversation. Chime yes. in as you will. If you are watching us later, join the conversation using the hashtag ABTV Fargo on Twitter. We are available wherever podcasts can be found, but go on to iTunes, like, subscribe, rate us five stars. You guys know I, I do literally need those five-star reviews to continue my survival. That's how he lives. We don't have a name for this condition yet, but as always, I do hope that they name it after me once we can box that in. Per the usual. Mm-hmm. So, as we always do, I want to start uh, right up top by getting everybody's general thoughts about this, the penultimate episode, which is pretty eventful. We got a bunch of revelations, some some really exciting emotional stuff. I may or may not have rolled a tear at least once. Oh my god, I did. So, all right, (laughs) let's open it up. General thoughts before we dive into the meat of the episode. Uh, Olivia, I just want to know what you think. Uh, Well, okay, I I mean, to be perfectly frank, it's my favorite episode, I think, of the season. I mean, I haven't seen 10. I've been saving it. You know, I, I don't I, I want it to be, I want to experience kind of it with the public, you know. Yeah. Um, but it is my favorite episode of the season for, it's just all of these amazing scenes of two people talking in a room. Yeah. And the yeah. way Keith directed it, it's like he made that look so beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's so emotional. And as performers, it we really did feel like a, a climactic moment. You know, we had been working with each other for three months at that point. And, you know, there were all these scenes where we got to say the things that we've been wanting to say for so long. And it was incredibly satisfying. I loved it. And I think that you, and especially in this episode, just knocks it out of the park. And Carrie yeah. is just incredible. I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's an incredible show. All the acting is really great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's just amazing to see this cast that's just like powerhouses after powerhouse and everyone just really capturing something. It's just why I love the show so much is because it has an emotional um, connection with every single episode that's really just heavy and deep. Yes, I mean, talk about a murderer's row of talent. We've been talking multiple times on this show, week after week after week, about how every time it feels like the show cannot sustain one more powerhouse character (laughs) actor, suddenly here comes somebody else and the show flips again. And it's very cool to see because I feel like I don't, I don't, you don't see 
cast this stacked on television that often. I mean, you're telling me. I'm like, who knows? I didn't. No one knows who I am. And like, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I walk on the set, and it's just like I keep having this feeling of being like, are you sure you meant this Olivia Sandoval? Because right. you know, like, are you? You want to check that email that you sent to make sure that you, I really, like, I really do get to do yeah. this. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like, even like DJ Qualls coming in yeah. for like a badass roundhouse kick and and right. running around the woods. I mean, and he's such an incredible, and he's an amazing person, by the way. Yeah. Just the coolest guy ever. I mean. So the fact that so many consummate actors are on the show for one episode, two episodes, the fact that I got to stick around as long as I did is just like, when are they going to take it all away? <laughs> when are they going to figure me out? Yeah. How did you? How did you become a part of the Fargo universe? Just old fashioned way. I auditioned. Right. I mean, it, it really broke all the rules that I've. I mean, I've, I've been I've been working pavement for like five, six years. You know, just doing my job out there. Audition, audition. Get very used to rejection. And, it, you know, normally when I got close to booking things in the past, there would be this whole song and dance that went along with it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's chemistry tests, and then you go producers meeting, and then there's callback after callback after callback. And in this case, it was like one audition, great audition. Six weeks went by, I didn't hear anything. I'd completely let it go. I just thought, wow, I'm so lucky I got to go in for that. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll call me in for something else sometime. And then I got the call back, and then I got the call that I booked it. I didn't even meet Noah until several weeks into shooting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was so, it broke all the rules. I mean, lucky me. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, okay, well, you guys don't? No, that's okay. I was just going to talk about how, so this is the penultimate episode. Yes. We've got another episode on the way. Have you read the script to the town? Yes. I do know what happens. I will clarify. I do know, Carrie's joke that she always says is it does end. It is a finale. It does end. end. Um, But I've been saving kind of the experience of watching it. Right. I want to save that for Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I guess (laughs) the, the bittersweetness of this is that it is a story that does come to an end at the end of the season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's next season is a whole nother story. Yeah. Have you brought up to Noah then How maybe the story should revolve around Winnie. I'm way too, uh, no, I'm way too sheepish to do that. But I do But I do talk about it amongst the cast. I mean, you know, Carrie and I always had a joke that we're like, you know, we're like Starsky and Hutch, man. Yeah. We're like Rizzoli and Isles. One time she said, I think we're Turner and Hooch, but you're Tom Hanks. <laughs> Which I appreciate it. It's very yeah. flattering to be Tom Hanks. Um, it's a good looking dog, you know. I mean, it uh-huh. is. It's a, but um, no, I mean, listen, if, if there was any way to continue this world, I would just feel so insanely lucky. But I'm incredibly happy and grateful to have the experience that I did. I feel like I can uh, right. die happy. Is that dramatic? Yeah, no, sure, it's sure, good. Sure. No, it's but not. But it is kind of how it it's feels. T- it I, really, it I would, really is. I feel you, girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that's in a, a very distant future. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's good to know that, you know, you'll feel happy when it happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you... This took a turn. <laughs> your intro to the... Before we move on to this episode, yes. I just want to talk about a little bit about the previous episodes, because your intro into the show is really kind of fun and dynamic and it feels like you come in as the complete opposite of Gloria. Yeah. So it has I just want to know your thoughts about like what how you got introduced to the show how your character got introduced by in the bathroom for instance. <laughs> yeah. And uh just how how you, what tr- sort of energy you try to, to add to the cast. Well, I think that Winnie is uh, absolutely unapologetically optimistic, which is a really important aspect of her character and a really interesting uh, device to be against Gloria's personality who's you know, she's fed up. She's gone through a bunch of stuff. She's gone through a divorce. She's a single parent now essentially. You know, she's overlooked and underappreciated and she's being demoted. She's being displaced and you know, she feels invisible. 
And then, you know, literally with a bang, just kind of like kicking the door open, you know, this like wave of positive energy comes in, which, you know, even if it immediately doesn't affect or change her, it pushes her on this path. And then they ultimately go on that path together of this sort of righteous, relentless pursuit of truth, because you can't be on that pursuit with nothing but kind of heaviness, you know? Right. So when he comes in and just sort of lightens it up in a way that they can actually get get some work done, you know, yeah. they can get to people. So it was very exciting to do that. And Carrie's just amazing to play with. It has been really cool to see so far how your characters have complemented each other so well, both professionally and personally. Yeah. Which, which I mean, it pays off in such a beautiful way in episode nine. And I do, I want to I jump in. I'm so eager to jump into episode nine and talk about it. But right up top, we talk about the what the titles mean to right. all of these episodes. Episodes. So I looked this one up. I don't, Dave. I don't know if you did as well. I did too. So, <laughs> so the definition of aporia, and it feels like right perfectly on the nose for this particular show. It mm. is an irresolvable internal contradiction or logical disjunction in a text, argument, or theory. Yeah. So. No one knows mm. how to write. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the question of always. The, always having that contradict and the 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 way the narrative is and it never having a firm distinction seems to be a big theme of the Fargo of this of the season of Fargo and I feel like this this episode really showed it itself the narrative that Varga kind of starts to spin and how Sheriff Mo who's the worst Damn I think he's it. the real villain of the just whole so ready to yeah. be done uh, and he how he just falls into it but also where Gloria is and and how she sees herself is a contradiction in a lot of ways yeah we've so, been talking about that all season yeah and how she's someone who you're kind of the Winnie's the kind of the complete opposite sorry if I refer to you as your please character. I love it it's great but, okay because Winnie's the complete opposite seems to be very knows who she is mm-hmm. and very uh, very loud and very mm-hmm. present while Gloria is almost invisible because she doesn't quite know where she is. She's in between worlds. And now we're seeing her define herself in these last couple of episodes. And I feel like that plays... I'm jumping way ahead to, your, to the big scene that I think we're all thinking of. Yes. Because you kind of give her... Uh, you kind of solidify her <laughs> into the world, which is kind of was emotionally, but also kind of physically, because yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that the, a big part of Gloria's character is that you know she's she's a little closed off and she's afraid of you know being touched both by you know someone emotionally and just physically. So that right. hug is really just like, hey, you exist, yes. you exist, yeah. and I care about you, and you know. I mean, how many times have we tried, you know, we've been in a situation with a friend who's in a crisis and we try and talk them into feeling better and it doesn't do nearly as much as a moment of um, true intimacy. Right. You yeah. know, so it's like, and, and, and people are sort of afraid of Gloria in a way, I think, you know, they're a little bit, I mean, like Damick's obviously not afraid of Gloria, but he in a way that's not nurturing to her mm-hmm. um, but you know her son's a little distant and then she just had this horrible tragedy with I mean she's I, it, you know having she needs someone to come in and connect with her and to remind her of her value yeah and just see her and see her yeah simple yeah. as that well and this the scene was absolutely beautiful and when you you poke her in the arm <laughs> and then you, you fully embrace her and it is so clear what this moment means and I'm watching the scene and I'm going 
Oh. And then you see her go into the bathroom. And I think in a season where all season long we've been dealing with these uh, this concept of stories versus reality versus differing versions of reality versus what we internalize and how that affects what we perceive reality to be, mm-hmm. it you really did. You hugged existence into her and she internalized it in such a way that it literally made it real. And then I was going, all right, I just, oh, just a mess. Just of, Love of made her real. <laughs> Love made her real. Because we thought her invisibility would like be a pro for her and uh-huh. like get her somewhere, right. uh-huh. but really it was your hug that brought her into existence that is now going to bring her into the season finale, which I thought it was her staying invisible. But now since episode nine, where it's like, oh, she realizes she exists, and that smile at the end in the mirror, I, I was crying. Like, literally, I was yeah. bawling and was like, uh, I, yeah. I know, uh, that, that smile in the mirror is such a beautiful moment, and, and it's just, she nails it so much. I cried. She, yeah. I totally cried. Yeah. And I'm in the scene. Which is, yeah. is that weird to cry? <laughs> but no, I mean, Carrie's performance is extraordinary. Um, I yeah, you know, and I, I think that um, th- this has been a dark season, right? right. It's been Very a dark so. season. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go as far to say darker than the other seasons. I mean, not nearly as high of a body count, but very bleak. Feels very somber. Su- subject yeah. matter. Yeah. So to have this scene coming in that kind of reminds you that there is goodness and it is worth fighting for the goodness in the world was really beautiful. And you yeah. know, interesting thing about that scene is that it wasn't in the original script. Uh, the first draft that we got. Oh. So they wrote it um, after Carrie and I had been working together for a while. And I don't know why they wrote it, but it did feel like they were observing this friendship that was building between Gloria and Winnie was was, yeah. was becoming, right. you know, and, and also Carrie and I just have a lot of um, it's great chemistry. She's just, we immediately clicked when we started working mm-hmm. with each other. And so all of a sudden we had got a new draft and there was this new scene and Carrie immediately texted me, did you see our scene? And I think I said to her, I said, okay, I'm officially not afraid of being fired. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to make it to the end of this thing. Yeah. yeah, which I was glad to see because I was actually a little afraid for your character's life at, at a few points. I hear you, dude. I As soon as I, you know, because we were all like on the edge of our seat waiting for scripts to come in. Right. Because they came in very, you know, it was very all happening at the same time. So we were just fans, the actors waiting. Did you see eight? Did you see nine? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, as soon as I, you know, Red Winnie, and she's so likable. I went, ooh. Yeah, we've been talking again yeah, all yeah. season, or cer- certainly since your introduction, about in a season that is this somber. Winnie seems almost too pure and good and bright for this world, and so every episode we're going like something's gonna happen, or in it. Yeah, I, I yeah. the same thing when I got all the scripts. I was like, am I dead? Oh no, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? also, also, it's because Gloria is like invisible, so she's able to kind of sneak around Varga. Mm-hmm. But you're very much not invisible. Like, <laughs> you're just like hi. Uh, and so I thought that kind of made you doomed because you became like. A, well, we've got one more episode, so no spoilers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Yeah. I do yeah. anything, yeah. anything can happen in Fargo. That is something I learned. I do have to tell you, by the way, I was delighted to see, because I go to the Fargo Reddit group before each one of these shows, just to kind of research and see what other people were thinking. And they changed the name of the group. It used to be called just Fargo FX, and then it got changed to I Can Help after after the <laughs> little robot. Robot. But this week it got changed again. So the title of the current Reddit Fargo group is Thank God for KY. No. Ah, <laughs> yes. Are you You're kidding? You're lying, yeah. boo-boo. Go to, go to Reddit, look up Fargo, and it's called Thank That's God great. for KY. I'm so proud. Which I was like, oh, yeah. 
And it was such a great moment. It was such a great line. And also that whole, like, I was glad to see you kind of bring that back because that's how we met you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. She gets some good comedic winning moments, where, you know, because they're on the hunt for a while and obviously that takes priority. So, yeah, that was super fun. There was one line that it was in a scene that ended up getting cut out that I that I really liked that I'll, I'll say now just because it's fun to say it was as yeah. well. I'm going to go home and see if Jerry's got his semen count up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. That was a good one. That was That's a good great. One. Yeah. Uh, it's cone-shaped. A semen count. 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 Not the semen cone. Oh, my goodness, Mr. Dave Child. Can't look at that semen cone one more time. Oh, wow. What are we talking about? Sorry. Nobody ever knows. All right. So let's climb up to the top of this episode again, and let's work our way through it, because we have so many beautifully executed sequences, some wonderful performance moments, and in a season that has been very somber, we actually get a couple of genuine fist pump moments this episode yeah. and I want to make sure that we get to all of it so we open with a couple of additional Stussy murders yeah I do have to say opening up on sprinklers in the in winter on on ice on like a, a, a porch that is already a lawn that is already covered in snow and then you see the sprinklers and then the guy picks it up and doesn't even turn off the sprinklers or anything he's just like nah it's just life yeah uh, that showed I thought that was very Midwestern, but in that kind of way that they're kind of like, eh, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to put in the effort to actually turn off the sprinklers and actually make it work. It was just a nice little moment to start off with. And then with the Marvin Stussy murder, that also made sure we established it's still 2011. Yes. This wasn't a flashback or anything. And uh, with the glass in the neck... I just immediately knew that it was like, oh, oh, he's mm-hmm. building a narrative. Yes. Yeah. He's building that narrative. He's making that serial killer narrative kind of happen. And we also get that beautiful shot of the blood mixing in with the milk. The and milk, The very yeah. first thing that I thought of was Yuri talking about the blood in the snow. Yep. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. That's genius. That's yeah. really good. Oh. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't even I mean, think of that. Yeah, it's no Holly, really. But yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's the first thing I thought of. And then, of course, we get the other murder, which is meant to emulate the murder of Ennis, where we've mm-hmm. got yeah. the mouth and the nose glued shut and as even, well. Oh, God, that murder. Can we talk about Mo, Sheriff Mo, and that in, when he enters in, and we immediately see Donnie being a good boy, yes, and he puts on his booties uh-huh. like a good cop should, <laughs> and then the first thing Sheriff Moe does is like, see the booties, doesn't care, walks in. I'm like, oh! Uh, he's the worst. Oh, he, he is. is the worst. Also, I mean, like, when he says, like, this guy must really hate Stussy, yes. I was like, you are such an uh, idiot. Yeah. And don't try to make it, now he's making it about uh, him. Of now course, like, he thinks he, like, won everything. He's such a jerk. Uh, I hate him so much. But so we've got these murders that are meant to represent or uh, emulate the murders that we've seen previously. And, of course, Varga and his people have gone so far as to uh, set up a patsy who confesses to everything. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like we're saying, like, Mo is completely ready to just wash his hands of the whole thing. We're done. It's over. Yeah. Case closed. Right? Right? No. Right? No. Right? But before that, we have Emmett, who came in and uh, admitted to the wrongdoing, has this beautiful scene. scene is so yes. gorgeous. It's also great to see the, the way they shot it where there's infinite mirrors on either side of him so you saw his doubles and Gloria's doubles but you saw his doubles as he's talking about the murder of his basically twin brother. Yes. Um, just broke my heart his performance in that scene. Yeah. Just uh, he was broke great. my 
heart. Yes, yeah. he, he talks about how he didn't necessarily trick his brother, but essentially knowingly manipulated his brother into yeah. trading the car for the stamps. Right. And they talk. He talks about uh, essentially we get to the, we get to the point in the scene where he's got that line about how he's been killing his brother for thirty, 30, years. 30 years, and he just yeah. finally dropped that. By the way, was the first moment where I went, "Oh, this is I'm going to cry." This episode, yeah. this is going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. This is, and there's also great moments in that one scene in the writing and the way it's shot where they talk about uh, he talks about his dad's death yes in a way where it blends so much into where he's still talking about are you talking about your brother well, or he your says dad? I killed him and Gloria has that moment of do you mean your father do you mean your dad is like no my brother but it's not, he was definitely admitting to that he feels guilty all the way back to his dad. Yeah, we see this kind mm-hmm. of Shakespearean story, the origin of it, you know, and this, yeah. these years of this, this sibling rivalry that is so rooted in grief, you know? It's just an amazing, an amazing scene in the writing, and it's just exquisite. And, and, the, and, the, and so lonely, such solitude. And so that lonely. even though you see their doubles, it's just like they feel like, it's like you're watching the only two people in the, on the planet. Right, yes. right. Yeah. And watching Emmett try and grapple with what he's done and of course realizing too at the same time he's dealing with his own guilt his inner turmoil he knows too he has to warn Gloria specifically if anybody comes to this precinct they say they're my representation anybody do not let them don't believe near me yeah and also his line the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist yeah I was like oh yeah Varga that's Varga and also was that intentionally a usual suspects reference it, well, there was. Well, it's a quote. It, it was written, and I don't. And now I'm, I'm. I set myself up, and I have no idea who the quote is from. But I it's don't like either. from history. Mm-hmm. It's a history. It's quote. a history. The, the only place I, I've honestly, uh, I think I've ever heard that is is Usual Suspects. Kevin Spacey and Usual Suspects. I, I mean, it's one of those that you always say. I think that's. It's like what grandmas say. It's well. It's also the same thing. He also had another one like a lie is not a lie if you believe it's true. Yes. And that's also another. That's not like history him. Quotes. Yeah, it's history quotes brought to you by Fargo. <laughs> when you forget where it's from. Um, Noah reads books is my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag yeah. Noah reads books. Yeah. He's a smart boy. But that line, too, that, that question of, is this something that you can believe? Like, is, is a lie really a lie if you yourself believe it? And right. I think, of course, right. we've been following that thematic thread all season long about yeah. the stories we tell ourselves and how, again, that does dictate what our preferred version of reality is. Right. This yeah. is a true story. It's, yes. the, it's, the, it's the theme of the whole dang show, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Synthesized. But yeah. the true story uh, <laughs> fading away to just, it's a story. story. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, just the jump ahead a little bit, that's why I loved when Gloria was like, I don't feel like I'm real. I'm like, no, you're not really. You're a fictional character in a in a story. And that was, it became like, I had like a brain opening up <laughs> seeing the Matrix lines <laughs> moment after she said that. Um, but also we get in that scene back with Emmett when uh, Gloria brings up Varga. And just like, oh, do you yeah. want to admit about Varga? And just and that won't. horrific, the teeth over his like. And when he thinks to Varga, all he can see are those teeth I gnashing. Can't. Yes, oh, the, ah. oh, the wolf. Oh, gross. The wolf just chewing him up. Because that's another thing we've been talking about. The 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 Peter and the wolf. The Peter analog. and the wolf story has been very important to us. Yeah. <laughs> single episode, we're like, this means this. This means this. Yeah. But this is playing a little. This whole episode kind of played against that a little bit, mm-hmm. which in, was in good to see. Because I thought it was going to be. I thought the Peter and the wolf story was laying out the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Gloria taking Emmett. And in using Emmett like uh, Peter uses the bird in the Peter and Wolf story to draw out the wolf and then eventually kill the wolf. 
And it doesn't, that could end up happening next episode. And don't tell us if it does, but it could end up happening. But right now, it seems to be playing against that theory where it's like, oh, maybe they're twisting it up because right now the cat is a lot more involved than she is in the Peter and the Wolf story. So to your point, we have this little scene where Varga sends Mimo essentially mm-hmm. to what I assumed we were building into like a, an assault on Precinct 13 type <laughs> type sequence. Right. But in fact, the truck doesn't get all that far before Nikki and Wrench take the thing using a paperweight. Right. Which is about the dang coolest thing so I think awesome. maybe so I've ever cool. seen. Nikki Swango is the coolest character sure I've yeah. ever heard of. Yeah. And Mary is so bad ass as this kid. It's like she was born to play this part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Swango. The Swango. The swango. Good old in this swango. episode, I feel like she's become the Swango. The Swango. Yeah, yeah no, like this 100% is... swang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a 100% Swang. Yeah. Yeah. A full on Swang. Swang it to the left. Hey, hey. <laughs> so they, they jack the truck, they drive it to what looks like a scrapyard, and they go through Varga's office slash sometimes house and they retrieve all of this, this these documents these files the uh, flash drive and Nikki calls him and the tables have completely flipped now because mm-hmm. now we're in a position where we can actually we can actually blackmail the master manipulator yeah right. And watching again, like like you say, full swang, like watching Nikki fully <laughs> step into really swang it, out. <laughs> just swanging so dang hard left and right all day, is is incredibly cool mm-hmm. to see because all season long everybody has been completely powerless in front of VM Varga. Yeah, it's also nice because uh, we've Wrench has been the only character who's been in every three, it, all three seasons. Yeah. Of That's Fargo. true. Yes. And we uh, we always saw Wrench with Numbers, but Numbers died in the very first season. And even though in the second season we see them as kids, they're always like a duo, and you always felt like he really lost his second half. And now he's got a new Numbers. Mm-hmm. It's the Swango. Well, and every season, too, and every iteration of Fargo, the movie included, there's been a team of, they're not always hitmen necessarily, but a team of criminals, some, some very interesting character-type right. criminals mm-hmm. that we track. And I think it's great that just as one duo this season is broken up, we don't know where Yuri is still. Yeah. Right. Now suddenly Wrench has a new buddy, and we've got another criminal duo that we can track. Kind of like you need that magical pair in order to... And also the duo of Emmett and Sai was broken up as well. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like the only duos that are left are are Nikki and Wrench and mm-hmm. also Gloria and Winnie. And Winnie. Yep. So way to stick around. I know, right? <laughs> and it's so interesting, too, because there's so many uh, bad guys. You can't keep, you know, but you've got bad guys that you root for and bad guys that you... Even if you, you may not root for them, but you're still intrigued by them. And yes. that's what I like. You've got Nikki and Wrench are kind of like the bad guys, good guys. Yeah. And then you've got the bad guys, bad guys that are also right. good guys. Right. There's something kind of very boyish and good about Mimo, even though he's a horribly violent person. I know, you kind right? of like him and he's like stabbing people. Well, Doesn't he's make sense. a walking iPod ad. I know, I know. In this episode, he ha- actually lines. Like he has not spoken in like all, most of all the episodes. He said one word and I, when he started talking, I was like, Mimo speaks. He speaks. Because uh, yeah, yeah. he had like a good three lines and I was like yeah Nemo get it do some talking yeah I like when he dances well you get that kind of not to go too D&D with this but you (laughs) have you also have the chaotic good the chaotic neutral yes the uh, what are they? They're like I, I don't know the. I don't know chaotic good, chaotic, ne- chaotic neutral, and then there's the um, not chaotic good and the not chaotic neutral. It's like lawful, I think it lawful, is. I think it's like lawful neutral chaotic. I think. Yeah, someone's mm-hmm. gonna correct. And you get you get all shades of that in in the Fargo cast because mm-hmm. I would you would say maybe Nikki and Wrench are the chaotic good, 
or maybe chaotic neutral. They might be neutral because they're kind of on both sides. Anyways, he's getting. I don't deep. know enough about that <laughs> Mr. to write Dave a thesis about it. So let's move on. That was very impressive. <laughs> I didn't understand a word, but that was very cool, impressive. Cool. Nobody <laughs> ever does. He's great like that. So cool. we get a scene, we get a scene where Nikki sets up a time and place to meet with VM Varga, mm-hmm. and right. the two of them meet in this this lobby, and they they this man this scene. Okay, so. We're going to get money. We're going to get $2 million from VM Varga. Yeah. Or we're going to, we've got all this information on you. We're going to turn it over to the proper authorities. Yeah. And Varga has thought, thinks he's thought 12 steps ahead of his opponents, and he's he's dressed perfectly to match everybody in the lobby. Mm -hmm. He's got Mimo positioned with a rifle. He's got two plans. His first plan is, I'm going to maybe try and poison you with this tea, like I did Sai, and when she doesn't go for it, very smartly, I'm going to offer you a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene was incredibly, incredibly tense, but I almost, in a way, for the very first time, and I never thought this would be possible, almost felt a little pity felt a little for Varga. a little bit Barga. bad for him, I right? Isn't that interesting? Yes. It's so interesting how that happens. And I love the way that uh, Nikki Swango is really functioning. She's... she's Benefiting so much from how much people underestimate her, not right. not dissimilar to to Gloria and Winnie, you know, like they get to kind of fly under the radar because people yeah. don't take them seriously. And like, here's this inc- criminal mastermind we've come to learn, and he's being outsmarted by this foxy lady. Yeah, it's hey, 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 right. hey. Well, one thing that's great about I think David Thewlis is like, he's he just seems vulnerable, even though he's the most even though he's just evil man. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, his vulnerable. Because you know that he's hurting himself. Yeah. Right. The whole thing. Because the bulimia. He's he's has a disease. I mean, he's suffering. He's not a happy man. I no. know. When not we see him man. alone in that bathroom. Oh stall, my god! Pounding Rocky cream, Road. That was incredible. Oh my god! So, so relatable. I mean, for it was me, hilarious. I was like, We've all I was been like, there. Yes. Right? We've all been he's on like, toilets. He's eating like, Rocky Road because he's been kind of like an alien or like a, a, yeah. someone from another planet, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a human being. Yeah. He's a human being. He's going through it. My favorite part of that scene, though, was when Nikki was like, I want to look you in the face and rip out something you love. I was like, yes, rip his face off. And then Varga tells her, oh, but it's not, I didn't kill Ray. Right. That was Emmett. And that's Mm -hmm. interesting because that seems like something that maybe Nikki had not necessarily considered. Consider, yeah. Mm -hmm. Previously. I, I feel like she considered it because she immediately responded like, yeah, but you were the one that flipped the bus. You were the one that did this. You were the one that did this. You are instrumental in everything that's been going badly. And I think she already did her revenge on Ray. Do we think that she was the reason that the stamps were there and the car was there in the previous episode? Or do we still think that was... Do we do we think that was Varga? Oh, like sending him more into psycho. Yeah, who's yeah. driving him insane? Do yeah. I feel like you know? She knows. I don't, I don't know if I know because I I'm not inside the genius mind of Noah Hawley, but I have a strong opinion. Okay, okay. I, I have a strong. I think it's Nikki. Yeah, I think it's I Nikki think it's too. Nikki. Yeah, that's what I thought as well because I think that it's she's showed that she's uh, sees the strategy side of the bridge partnership yeah for one absolutely mm-hmm. and what I love about that Varga and Nikki scene was it was kind of the chess player versus the bridge player <laughs> and the bridge player yes. kind of ends up winning. yeah and there's also something interesting that's happened with Swango where after they have that amazing scene in the bowling alley which mm-hmm. is sort of you know purgatory the afterlife hell yeah. take your pick you know exactly. she gets she goes to that place and then gets to leave and I think she leaves 
changed somehow. Mm -hmm. And so she leaves, you know, wielding this power, you know, to do kind of semi-impossible things like change all of someone's pictures in their office overnight or put a mustache on their face while they're sleeping. I think she's almost touched the supernatural. Yes. This is is a me being a fan opinion. I I think that might be true. I love that opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to that. And I definitely think that this week, just watching how crazy, especially when partnered with Wrench, how crazily efficient they take care of business. Yeah. I think before these last two episodes, if you had showed me the same scenario with the frames, I would have said, I don't, I don't yeah, know. I wasn't quite sure. But now I can absolutely buy that. And especially because she said, I already got a job blackmailing you. Yes. I was like, dang, girl, you're real good at that blackmail. Like, I now I'm like, it might have been on, on Emmett as well. well and again, she is able to see steps ahead of even Varga. They yeah. knew where Mimo would likely be positioned mm-hmm. with a rifle, mm-hmm. and they had Wrench up there ready to force him to stand down, which they do. And then, of course, that shot when they leave together. She says she's going to give Varga 24 hours. And the shot of the two of them walking out together is just so dang cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that song is good. I shazammed it. I don't remember what it is. (laughs) I'll write it in the chat later. I found it, too. So good. I think I actually had it up here. Oh, it was Youngbloods. Yeah. Here it is, actually. When I leave here, I'm blasting that out of my vehicle. uh, Brooklyn by the Youngblood Brass Band. band. There you go. It's so good. So good. So, so back at the police station, someone does show up in reference to Emmett, but it is not who anyone was expecting. It's uh, Mary McDonald again, mm-hmm. returning as the widow Goldfarb. Yeah. Who seems uh, a little confused, maybe, about what time Emmett actually showed up at the restaurant? Right. Right. I can't. I just believe she's in on it now. I like, think so, too. I also think that's where the aporia comes in, because she says when it rains, it pours, and Gloria is says, well, sometimes it drizzles, <laughs> and, like, a penny saved is a penny earned. That's, like, aporia. Yeah. Right? That's, like, the, the contradiction of, like, you can't really prove all that stuff. Like, it's it's a living... Right. And also like a, the way that she says, like, it's a saying, which is right. funny, because that's it's what so, we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just, like, you can't just say it's a saying. And, it, and also, like... It has a penny earned. Uh, when it rains, it drizzles, and compared to when it rains, it pours. Compared to a penny saved, a penny earned, is not. Nothing to do with each I know, other. not yeah. at all. Yeah. But it's I, not, they're not the same. The same thing. I have a feeling she <laughs> might be at like the top. You think she's like? I with feel Varga? like it could be something weird where where Varga is always steps ahead, and she may be a player on the outside with him. Yeah, we. Do I'm have not. I'm, in the chat I'm not positive, you, but I, really, I haven't even looked at the chat, you guys. I'm on your side. <laughs> um, I I do kind of think that. I sense that, and I'm like her vibe when she was leaving. I'm like she might be a, a top dog because there was some line that that was referred to her. Uh, I'm, I don't remember it right now, but that just made me think. Yeah, you might be at the top, above. Everybody has a boss, and I feel like she may be running the whole show. Right. I feel like maybe the most innocent explanation for her behavior, too, as to why she would try and stick to giving him an alibi, despite his confession, I agree. is that she doesn't want to do anything that might jeopardize the smooth transition of his company to her. She's a fierce, right. fierce businesswoman. Yes. With nothing else. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Melody uh, Stokel, sorry if I'm saying her name wrong, is so with this. She's just going, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing. It's great. Um, uh, and she also, Goldfarb also said, sometimes the mind plays tricks. And yes. she's like, that's another saying. And I'm like, dude, you with your sayings. But it is a little bit, it's very varga She's laying it on thick, right? I'm like, yeah, it's it's a Varga thing to do, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this thought, and it's really Go kind of out of nowhere. But because I was thinking of, I was thinking of the blood uh, with the snow. Yes, 
and how that seems to be a running thing. And one of the questions we've been getting is like, hey, what's with the menstruation like line that keeps happening? Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm, I just had a thought. It might be, in a, in a way, it could be this land is established by blood in the land and in the snow. It's just the blood of women. It's just the blood of menstruation. You know, it's kind of, it could be the life-giving. The life-giving blood. Right. Yeah. Rather than the blood of chaos and war, there's another side of blood, too, which is almost like a life-giving blood. I think that's very astute of you. And I haven't kinda, thought of that, but I think that's quite astute. I'm, could I'm be the picturing balance. your TED Talk you now. you finally yeah. become <laughs> a Dave Child, it's just Listen. the blood of menstruation. <laughs> <laughs> Please see my oh, menstruation God, talk. Oh, God, I'm making a t-shirt. <laughs> I get to teach. I'd watch that, you know. <laughs> oh, it's the, the blood of women. <laughs> yeah. And also, well, what? and the reason why I may be thinking about that, because if it does turn out to be the Widow Goldfarb, which I just love saying the Widow Goldfarb yeah. so much, being kind of either the the boss behind Varga, yeah, it would almost strengthen that that side where there is also like the, the women Whoa. are. I'm watching a lot of Kimmy Schmidt now, so yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're unbreakable. They're strong as hell. <laughs> so um, it could it could be that side, or that could be an, an a twist that kind of happens in the next. Uh, episode. So tune in. Uh, yeah, and even, and even if that doesn't turn out to be the case, again, the most innocent explanation still involves her being totally cool with murder as long as she gets this company. Yeah, right. I totally. do. Wanna, I do want to mention uh, Varga's line when Emmett comes back out and sits in the uh, car. Yes, yes, because I think uh, that really gets mm-hmm. to the heart of what maybe every iteration of Fargo has been about. But so yeah. okay, we've got our Patsy who's confessing to these murders. Mm-hmm. Mo is totally cool with it. Uh, he's got the double alibi, so even with Emmett's confession, Gloria has no choice but to turn him loose. And of course, it, and my stomach dropped out when they walk out of that police station, and it's Mimo waiting for him outside the car. Smile, oh, man, like burn. Oh no, it's just and that and that kind of like you know dead man walking thing he does to the car. And Mimo doesn't back. Even look oh, at him. Oh man, and then and the and the way that I mean I mean it, it's it goes without saying that David is just an insanely tremendously gifted, brilliant, genius actor, and yeah. I can watch him do anything, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. And particular the way that he delivers that line, the way it kind of hangs at the end. You know, he ends it and he kind of is like... Yes. And then, yeah. then he does, it's just like, you're like, it's so unsettling. Yeah. It's so unsettling. The line, of course, being, the problem is not that there is evil in the world, the problem is that there is good. Because otherwise, who would care? Because it ends in this question, this rhetoric question, but because mm. it ends in this question it doesn't look like he's proud of that fact it looks like he's just yeah he's cursed by it as much as we are it's like this is the way this is the way of the world it's not i didn't make the rules you know yeah it yeah. Like, goes back to his inescapable reality that he was so fond of referring to yeah and it also makes him kind of not lovable but vulnerable and you're able to kind of find that like because he feels like doesn't it suck that i have to do this well yeah and it goes back to the when you know one of the first encounters that he has with emin was like you're trapped you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And I, you wonder, who trapped Vargo? How did he get here? You know, he talks about his childhood. Like, I think there's one line where he talks about his childhood about right. being in the servants' quarters or something to that effect. You mm. know, and you just, I mean, boy, would I love to see a, you know, backstory on that character. Ooh, man. Yeah. Rough. Oof. Yeah, we even see, like, the backstory of Yuri a little bit, but not... not yeah, really, yeah, yeah. We, get, we get more about him than we do about Vargo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. interesting, yeah. considering he's now uh, stuck in purgatory. We're not sure where he is, and could he come back in next episode? We're not too sure. 
Well, yeah. and we also see too the very the note we end the episode on is uh, apparently he didn't pay up in time because they they Nikki and Wrench handed over these documents and a flash drive to our uh, returning. IRS agent played by Hamish Linklater. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, of course, Varga, unbeknownst to him, ends the episode on a note where he, for the first time maybe, is no longer invisible. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very uh, apparent. Yes. Exposed. Exposed. <laughs> Exposed. Yes. That's what I was yes. looking for. Uh, we have uh, Hollow the Hogan Johnson on the chat just says, Olivia Sandoval. Ah! Ah! Is that like, ah! So there you go. You got fans. Uh, I do want to talk about a little bit. The music on the show is so great. Yes. Which segues me nicely to ask you about <laughs> your music. I do. I, yes, I play in a band called Whiskey Sunday. We are Irish Americana. That's what we do. Awesome. We're in a scrappy little L.A. Irish pub band. We play all over. We, I think we've had like 107 gigs in the last year or something crazy like that. And, you know, it's great. Patrick Rieger, lead singer. Um, I, we met in the theater company. He's an actor as well. And um, I I play upright bass and he was looking for an upright bass player and we happened to be working box office and he was like oh again like we talked a little bit before this about people's minds are kind of blown like oh my gosh you're a yeah. lady bass right. player how did you hold that up you know and i think patrick i mean i mean this i don't mean this in a negative way at all was like you know hmm red lipstick and and stand-up bass how yeah. can i make this work for me <laughs> and then we actually have you know and then the, the she's like oh and she can play her instrument i'm just kidding i'm i'm i'm, I'm taking the piss i'm taking the piss out of patrick <laughs> i'm actually now that you say whiskey sunday did, did you guys play on saint patrick's day this year in los Feliz at that bar at the tamil shanty yeah we play there once a month and yes. oh hey girl i saw you you real good i did no joke. I, I, I love i love the band now it just so much. all came rushing back to me that's one you of guys our, are great thank you yeah. thank you that's one of our favorite that's like our home away from home and it's one yeah. of our favorite shows to play. I missed it this year, unfortunately, you, oh, okay, yeah. because I was shooting Fargo, oh, which is right. like the only reason hey, I would better. miss yeah. St. Patrick's Day, yeah. because it is yeah. so fun. It's like you're the rolling, I mean, being an Irish band on St. Patrick's it's, Day, oh my gosh, you're, you're like, the rolling stones. For a day, yeah. you know, everyone is like focused right on you. It's, it's uh-huh. amazing. You really, you get kind of a big head. You're like, I'm going to, I'm a star. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you guys have to go and see it because like people will start dancing. They know the it's Irish fun. jigs. It's I mean, super fun. And we have legit. a, we have a show this Friday, tomorrow, in fact, at Ireland's 32. Oh yeah. Ireland's 32, in, yeah, in the Valley. Yeah, in the Valley. That's great. Um, that's our oh, other nice. residency. We play there the third, usually the third Friday of every month. Uh, so that's a fun gig. It's really long. It's like 9.30 to 1.30 a.m. Yeah. It's super casual. Whoa. And it's this nice little, like... That bar's cool. It's a really cool bar. It is. You know, it's super divey and super unpretentious. Like, no one's going to... There's no mixology at that no, bar, which sure. sometimes is just the ticket. You know, yeah. to pour me a beer. Yep. Yep. You know, yeah. it's, it's super fun. Don't mix things. Yeah. And there's a... Ta- <laughs> there's a Don't mix. There's a tattoo parlor right next door and all of the tattoos two artists come and like you know have their after after work beer with us which is yeah. always turns into it's a scene it's, it's fine <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say so we all get drunk so we all get tattoos. get tattoos tattoos you should see the uh, collection of yeah. <laughs> yeah. you yeah. it's just that. like poop but yeah <laughs> 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 Do you think? Uh, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I was gonna like, would you ever get like a Winnie tattoo? Would you get like? A I don't Fargo have. Tattoo? I, you know, it's funny. I don't have any tattoos. I've been talking about. I've been talking a big game for like a decade yeah. about uh-huh. my tattoo. And like, I mean, when my husband and I we went to Germany for our honeymoon, we were like, we're gonna get tattoos. Didn't happen. Like, it never.
never happens. But that's one thing I talked about in Calgary. I was like, I should get a Fargo tattoo. This yeah. is such an incredible experience. And I and I bonded so much. I mean, we all became such good friends that like uh, Goran Bogdan, who plays Yuri, he we became super good friends. Yeah. And we joked about getting like, you know, like how the Lord of the Ring cast got the, the <laughs> elvish <laughs> tattoos. But we, we never came up with a good idea of what it would be. Like, I thought, well, maybe I should get the Helga tattoo that DJ Qualls oh, had. Yes. But then it's like, how, why do you have to? Who's Helga? Right. And I have to no, talk no. about it. So. Talk about Can it, I yeah. suggest thank God for KY? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, don't get that. Uh, or just the KY brand. Yeah, just, yes. brand. just the KY brand. On my lower back, In maybe. Color. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Very winning. Yeah. That's, that's so great. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask about how you got into acting in the first place, because I know your dad, Miguel Sandoval, is of course a very prolific actor, but I wanted to hear from you about what that relationship is like as far as how the two of you approach the profession that you now share. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's the family biz. I mean, it, it didn't, I, I resisted that for a while. I was like, no, I came up with this idea on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I would have been like, a abrupt base, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Like, I wanted, I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was very young, and then I, and then he was like, oh, you know, and yeah. so I spent 10 years trying to think of something else, and I, it turns out I couldn't really think of anything else other than upright bass, which I just decided to do as well. So, um, but no, I, I did for a long time. I was like, I, I came up with this idea on my own, Dad, because yeah. I don't know. But of course, I, I, my dad's my hero, and I was completely influenced by him, and he's one of he's my best friend. So um, it's amazing, and, I, and he offers me so much mentorship, and I feel so grateful because, you know, the last few years have been, you know, at times a struggle, you know, in this business. It's rough out there. But mm-hmm. I never I never thought that it was going to be anything else than that. So I was fully yeah. prepared for that. Not that that made it easier, but it certainly softened it a little bit, of you know. Course. And um, I have a lot of friends, like I went to CalArts, and a lot of my friends that went to CalArts with me that then graduated and went through this business, you know, calling up their parents. And they're like, so, are you on TV yet? And they're like... Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. I never had to do that. Yeah. They always knew, both my parents were actors, actually, and so they always knew exactly, you know, I could have these amazing conversations and actually get advice and comfort from them when things were, I mean, it's just, I'm so lucky. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, By the way, we have been getting in the chat some suggestions for tattoos. Oh, please. Uh, (laughs) We have, okay then? Classic. Which is good, but uh, yeah. Sluice Friggin suggests in Mandarin Chinese, which I don't think, I think okay, that is fine. Or we also have Kaiser Wilhelm, who's in Germany watching this, by ah, the way. So hey. hi, Kaiser. Hi. Uh, has It's a Tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Maybe and we all know Jesus wins in the end. <laughs> that's pretty Jesus-y. That's a, that's a, that's a little, right? It's, it's super. A, it's, it's, well, it would be a bold choice. That's yeah. for sure. It, it would be a bold be. choice. We also, have, uh, we also have the Ajis. Ajis. And Anna Bliss, I, I like this suggestion, the stamp. The, oh, that would be cool. The stamp from the season. Good call. Well, I feel like that's the tattoo that Ewan should get because he's got yeah. lots of cool. He's really cool. He's so much cooler than I am. He's already got tattoos, so I feel like he gets right. a claim on that one if he wants that one. Does he have a tattoo for every single movie he does? I don't think he wouldn't have any skin left if that were the yeah. case. So probably no. He's got like three prequel tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> be great. <laughs> I'm thinking like on your knuckles. You betcha. You betcha. Oh maybe. yeah. Yeah. You could also get. You could also get like. Uh, it's a. True story, based off a true mm. story, but the true is kind of fading, fading out. That's very wow. That's that's, that's cool. sort of that's my idea. That's good. Also, an, another good one would be just a, a putter inner. Oh put yeah, her that's a her. good one. I like that one. Great. <laughs> nailed it. Great, nailed great, it. cool. Great. Nailed it. Let's go get tattoos. Let's all get tattoos after this. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> come to Ireland and you know we'll we'll get tattoos before and then you can come to the show. It'll be fun. Perfect. Louise Friggin says, I feel like a hug from Winnie Lopez could change my life. Aww. I hugged her and it did. So my life has changed. <laughs> She's the best. I'm I, I'm I'm fine for my part on Legion. That's my superpower is like yeah. the giver of uh, great hugs or uh-huh. something. You, you hug them and then they just <laughs> turn real. And all of it, yeah, all of a sudden they manifest into physical form. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It feels like you should just jump on the Legion now. Yeah, <laughs> that be, just that jump be on something. there and start giving hugs. I am available. I am available for hire. As it mm. turns out, yeah. I am currently in the market. <laughs> Anyone else? There. I just had we just hey, had hey. a conversation with Eddie Jemison for iZombie, who's a great actor. In iZombie, and he was saying he's on Legion as the Greek, and he was just cast because he was happened to be seated next to Noah Hawley at like a, a coffee place in Toronto That's at the amazing. time when he was shooting iZombie, and then he's like, "Oh, why are you here?" Oh, so if that could happen, but I'm Noah's, just saying. Noah's so amazing at instinct for actors, though, and I'm not just saying that because he cast me. Yeah. But there is something really special about this cast, particularly this year on Fargo, and the fact that we come from literally all over the world, Croatia and England and California, and we're all in different stages in our careers, and we all clicked like we'd known each other our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just the freaky genius of Noah Hawley. That yeah. Right. You know? That's uh, crazy. We do have a question from Kaiser Wilhelm, who wondered how hard the Minnesota accent is. You know what? It, it, I'm, I'm lucky because I was a, a sort of strange, nerdy child, mm-hmm. and I liked to collect dialects. Mm-hmm. So I would just decide, oh, I want to learn Irish this month, or I'll do English. And after I saw the film, I thought, oh, I, that looks like a fun one. And so I, I, I learned it just by mimicking the film, uh, Francis McDormand. And um, then it became my kind of party trick. They would just say, hey, do Fargo, you know, that kind oh, of yeah. thing. Wow. And so when this audition came along, I was like, <laughs> I finally I mean it's honestly like it's a complete fantasy come true I mean if you yeah. were to ask me what what you know living or dead what would be your dream as an actor to do it's like oh I don't know go back in time and be in Fargo yeah and then I kind of got to do that mm-hmm. which is so crazy I'm still processing that That's this crazy. was real what was the first day you walked onto that set I mean what is that like I would fully expect to be just crippled with anxiety in a situation like this like mm-hmm. that's my MO but it really felt like coming home. I mean, it was just like that. The first scene that I shot was the scene with Michael Stuhlbarg in the office. And it just was like, mm-hmm. this is what I do. This is, and we're all meant, we're all here for a reason. And it was just so natural. And everyone was so lovely. I mean, Michael Lependahl said to me when, I, when he was directing that episode and he could tell maybe there was a flicker of like, oh, am I really about to do this? And he was just like, you ready to have fun? And I was like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And that set the tone for the whole, for the whole three months that we were up there. It was just fun. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. you you talked to, uh, at the top of the show about this this optimism this brilliant blazing kernel of optimism at the center of Winnie but I want to know like was there was there a moment where for you you really felt like oh I I know exactly who this person is like this is my part I got it was there a moment like that for you and if so what was that moment It was the very first moment that I read my audition scene I I had such a laser sharp instinct for who this character was. To the point where uh, I, I have to make a confession. I had not seen the show Fargo when I went in for the audition. Mm-hmm. I had been on my, my parents are like the biggest fans ever and they were like bugging me for forever to watch the show. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll watch it. I'll watch it. You know, obviously big fan of the film. And then I got the audition and I thought, normally what I would do when I have an audition for a show that I haven't seen is I watch as much as I can because you want to get a sense of the tone. But I thought, you know, it's a different story every season. It's different characters. I don't want to watch it and then feel like I need to change my or you know you know try to match something else that I'd seen and I decided why don't I try an experiment where I just go in 100% with my own take and see what happens right 
kind of wish I had done that earlier, to be honest, <laughs> because it worked. But yeah, no, I fell in love with Winnie at first sight. And I really was excited just to go in for the 10 minutes of the audition and just play that scene. It just felt like an honor to just play that scene, yeah. even in a, in a casting office. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a big advice. I think I saw an interview with Philip Seymour Hoffman where he talked about um, advice to actors who go into auditions is just treat that audition as the time you get to play. You have that part for five minutes. Yeah. That's that's how I learned to think of it. Because if you go in with that mindset of like, am I good enough for you? Right. That's all you see in the audition yeah. is someone who's insecure. So you have to just convince, can, you know, and, and it's hard to do that because there's a lot of ups and downs. You have to like convince yourself that you're meant to be there and then you have to let it go immediately. Right. And there's an art to that that you only learn by Years. doing it over and over and over and over again. And yeah. if you can get through that misery... <laughs> It, it 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 really is. It's really true. Just be yourself is really true. It's a it's a cliche, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you could tell you could tell from just who you are that you're perfect for the part because <laughs> you're very warm, you're talkative, and you're you're very. It's just it feels like if you're casting for that part who has to be there for Gloria and help her kind of settle into reality. You seem like a good choice for that. So they wow. made the right choice. Oh, Absolutely. Bingo. Oh, As you can tell from the show itself. So why am I even <laughs> saying it? Okay. So we, we are about to bring our show in for a landing, but I mm. wanted to really quickly get a quick round of predictions in because we only, we only have one episode left. Predictions. So, yeah. Olivia, what's what do you think will happen That's in, not in the season finale? No, no, you <laughs> no spoilers. No, of course, and we can't look at you as we make our predictions. It, our predictions. It, uh, it will be cold. Ooh. Ooh. That's not that's not that's, exciting oh news. Oh my god, what does cold mean? It's just because oh it's, it's just because it's Fargo. It's she not said, Fargo. No, we're really shaking up the formula. Well, Olivia well, said cold. People in the chat are like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that I, I noticed in the next week on, I don't know if you guys got Gosh, to see it. I don't watch on. those. Well, at one point we see Emmett say to we don't know who, oh, you're working for Varga. And uh, I think that's going to be the widow Goldfarb. Yes, I think he's going to say it to her. Is my big prediction for see, next see? week. See, so she's going to be at the top. Yeah. Also, I still think that the coconut cream pie with the chocolate flakes is going to happen at yes. some point in that episode because yes, it has to. Uh, Don't you I not. hope so. No, I'm not. I I just, so. I'm going to do this. I just so like she pie. Doesn't, um, I always hope there's pie. Yeah. Right. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Man. I mean, we already. We're already into. We already had that Twin Peaks crossover. Might as well get yes. some pie, yeah, and some pie. coffee in there too. Pie, all pie, day. coffee, all Goldfarb night. is is pie gonna be Goldfarb. at the top of the top of the chain, and there's gonna be pie. Um, I would be real surprised if Varga survives <laughs> next episode. I feel like he's gonna get killed somehow. How does how does that guy grapple with now being seen? Yeah, the fact that he's being seen, and I feel like maybe he might be destroyed in a way that totally sees him and will emphasize yeah. the fact that he's being seen. He might eat himself to death. Oh, God. I'm just saying. It's all a Fargo that, thing to do, cream. y'all. Ugh. Ooh, he eats Rocky the pie. road to death. He eats the coconut pie. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he really needs it. Coconut pie. It's, it's, it's his grandmother's recipe. Ooh, maybe somebody I, flips that on him and poisons him with his own grandma's stuff. 
hashtag I predict we're going to be right here next week at the same time to talk about the season finale Olivia Sandoval thank you so much for thank being here thank you so here. much for having me it was a blast and uh, one more time where can people check out your band oh yeah we are on the Facebook Whiskey Sunday uh, band there's another Whiskey Sunday that does something else ignore them Whiskey Sunday band we have a website we play all over the place Twitter, Instagram Whiskey Sunday Just look us up great and where can people find you online uh, I'm uh, Twitter, Jess Sando here, and Instagram at Livy Sandy. Sandy, yeah. I love it. And my Ooh. fellow panelists that are that are here with me every week, where can the good people listening find you guys online? Yes, 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 guys. Go find me at YouTube.com backslash Tara Erickson on Twitter at the Tara Erickson at Tara Erickson on Instagram. You can find me at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com because my name is Dave Child. <laughs> Ooh. And I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Thank you guys for tuning in and joining us to talk about Fargo. We love this show. We love you. You join us for the season finale next week. There's going to be a lot to talk about. We love you. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Thank God for KY. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.